Hello, hello, hello. You are welcome to today's episode of Back to Eden. My name is Sharon Takim and I'm so happy to have you here. Now, today's episode is going to be a banger. I'm sure you can hear the smile in my voice because I'm ready to shake tables. I'm ready to offend people. I hope you don't get offended, but uh, the topic is controversial enough that I think that some people might not be happy when we're done, <laughs> but I hope that you get what the message is by the time we get to the end of the podcast. So if you've seen the the picture for this week, if you've seen the flyer for this week, this episode is titled God When. Now, I'm usually not one to jump on a trending topic and thankfully it looks like it's dying down a little bit, which is a word to all of us. When you chase popularity and you chase clout and you seek to always be the talk of the town, no matter how notorious or notable what you do is, whether it's positive or negative, at some point, people will move on. So let's just start there. Do not seek relevance at the expense of your mental and emotional health. Now, that's by the way. So the trending topic I speak of is, I mean, if you're a believer and even if you're not, um, a Nigerian music minister got engaged. Uh, sometime last week to his beautiful, beautiful fiance, and all of a sudden you started to see different. My goodness, what did I not see? From unsolicited advice about how you see, this is how you know, carry your natural hair, be simple, this one and that one. First of all, who asked you? Second of all, are you saying that he is only engaged slash with her because of how she carries her hair? Like, make it make sense. There's so much more to a marriage than a person's appearance. It's just the first thing. So what you're doing when you say that is you're basing his entire choice and the entire interaction off of something that is physical and transient. And that's silly. Second, you don't know her like that. You don't know what she likes to do. You don't know what she likes to wear. You really just don't know her. So how come you are now using an innocent person that was just jiggly on her own and she got engaged and she has now become the topic of all your messages? Like, can we not? Can we actually decide not to? Someone um, posted something on Facebook and I totally agree. And he said, do you know that if you just congratulate them and move on, you will not die. Like the sky will not fall. Why do we feel like we need to turn everybody's story into a teachable moment? Not saying that you can't learn something because there are some things that I learned which I will share. But don't turn a person's choice into a doctrine. If you're going to make a case for, let's say, modesty, that's fine. But don't like stick to the point and keep it simple. Like what's with all the drama? Anyways, that's not today's, that's not where I'm going. <laughs> it was just an aside, like, you know it's okay to congratulate people and move on. You don't have to turn it into a message. You don't have to turn a person's personal choice into a doctrine. The body of Christ is diverse and we're allowed to express that diversity within the boundaries that have been set for us as a benchmark for decency 
and for modesty, right? But within those boundaries, please, there's liberty in the house of the Lord. Now, on to um, what I was going to say. I now started to see a lot of ladies coming out. Like, hey, Moses, please, I'm married. What shall I do? Oh, Lord God, where's my husband? God, when? This and that. He sang for her. This one, can you rest? First of all, first of all, I think that here it's important to start by saying you need to know the journey that you are on. And something that was really strongly impressed in my heart to share here as a word of caution is that for some of you, you've been doing so well. You've been praying about your your marriage and your spouse. You've gotten a note of victory in your heart. You've even gotten to a place where you're now thanking God for the man. I mean, I'm speaking to ladies here, so forgive me, guys. I, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know if it applies to you, but I'm speaking to ladies. You're praying to God for the man that you want to, that you're going to marry. And you received a note of victory and you're already living in that excitement. And then all of a sudden, somebody gets engaged. And why is it that your brain now tells you that that person's engagement is taken away from you? So you are focusing on another person's journey to the detriment of your own. And now you're changing your confession. You've been steadily thanking God for your marriage. You've been thanking God for your future. You've been remaining in praise. And all of a sudden, you're acknowledging lack. All of a sudden, you're speaking doubt. And scripture says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And let him not think that he's going to receive anything. So what's with the back and forth? If God is God, believe him. If you believe what God has said to you concerning your marriage and your future, somebody getting engaged is an encouragement to you is God is in the neighborhood. There's so many kingdom marriages that are going to happen. Father, I thank you for what you've done for them. You're going to do for me. End of story. Which one is you now go back to God and you're crying and you're like, oh God, I see what you're doing for other people. Where will my story change? Are you kidding me? Like, are you actually kidding me? So, um, you need to settle in your heart, I think, first of all, that one person's abundance does not translate to lack for you. That's so... I mean, you are not dating the guy now, so I, I don't understand why he's getting married to make you feel some type of way. Um... So do not negate the work that God is doing in and through you. Now, another category of people, you've been praying about your marriage and God has said to you, it will happen, but this is not the time. In this time, I want you to focus on growing. I want you to focus on becoming. Um, here are the character traits I need you to work on. Here are the things I need you to be better at. He will come, but not just yet. Now, you know that in your heart. You know that this is the word God has spoken to you. And then all of a sudden, because somebody else got married in the space, got engaged in the space of a year, you're getting antsy and you're running back to God and you're saying, but God, look at these people. They just met and then now they're engaged. What, what, what of me? Well, my story, I, he has spoken. And once God, God is not a talkative. If he has spoken to you, do you believe what he has said? You can't force him to 
to make something happen for you outside of its timing. And if you actually do that, you're not going to like the results because basically you're coming out half-baked. And what's going to happen in the day of trouble, your strength will fail. So relax. As in literally just relax. Um, don't negate the work that God is doing because of others with your careless speech, right? Because scripture says, there's a part where he says, as I have heard them say, surely as I have heard them say, that will I do unto them. And that was when the Israelites were in the um, wilderness and they were complaining and they were saying they were going to die. And, and, and then they got 40 years instead of 40 days. Each day for, each year for a day that the spies were spying. You don't need to elongate your journey like that. You are on the brink of your own breakthrough. Don't get distracted by another person's success. What God is building in your life and what God is building in another person's life is different. So um, there's a, an old message that my pastor preached called follow the compass and not the clock. Know God's timeline for your life. When you know God's timeline for your life, what is happening to other people will not bother you. You say thank you, Jesus, for them. And then you continue your journey because you know that your journey is very different from theirs. Right. Now, let me now address the ladies that are actually genuinely upset that this minister had the audacity to marry somebody that was not them. In all you're doing in this life, don't be the Lulu. Don't be Jululu. It is the worst thing you could ever do to yourself. Just don't be Jululu. I beg you. Like if you if you can write an affirmation and say, on this day as I wake up, I choose not to be Jululu. Being Jululu is not Disululu. Not always. Sometimes. But not always. Right. So there is a book by a minister of the gospel, um, Frederick. Frederick J. Price, if I remember, Frederick Price, uh, and it's called Faith, Foolishness, and Presumption. Believing that somebody you don't know, and you've never met, and you've never had a conversation with, is going to marry you because you feel in your heart, heart that God told you that he's your husband, is being Lulu, right? Is being a hundred thousand billion percent Lulu. Does it happen? Yes. Will it happen the way you think it will? No. Now, I'll give some examples, right? Um, I remember there was a time where Williams Uchimba said he met his wife, I think Facebook or Instagram, social media chat. And she had said, I think, if I recall correctly, that it had been impressed in her heart that he was her husband. So she sent him a message, something like that. He responded on and all. They're married. They have a daughter. Um, Marie, Moses Bliss, I'm saying that too, I know her. Moses Bliss's fiance um, had said that it was impressing her heart to make a video. And she struggled and struggled. And eventually at 2 p.m., 2 a.m., she made the video and she tagged him. And somehow he saw it. And then, um, you know, they're where they are today. Now, I don't know that at the point where his, Moses Bliss's fiance was sending that message, she was sending it with the intent 
to catch his eye and marry him. It doesn't seem that way to me. I don't think so. She never said anything to that effect. She said they became friends and then on and on till they got engaged. Now, regardless of what God has told you, even if that's what he wants for you, there is a process that would need to happen, right? So first of all, it's not likely that, I mean, human beings are not, um, what's it called? Human beings are not, Human beings are not puppets. God does not mess with the free will of man. So that means that the person has to be interested in you as well. So if Moses Bliss did not find her fanciable or did not find her striking enough to continue that conversation, it didn't matter what she thought or felt if she felt that way. It's a two-way street. You can't sit down in your house and decide, I'm going to marry this person and there's nothing he can do about it. It's giving Satan. They are are trying to resemble Lucifer because he's the only one that seeks to undermine the will of man. God will never interfere with the will of man. Even though God made Eve out of Adam and he said she is a helpmeet suitable for him. When he brought Eve to Adam, he did not say, Adam, behold your wife. He just brought her. Then Adam by himself now said, this is the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. All of that. It's a two-way street. You can't not be your spec spec and expect him to all of a sudden, he'll just sleep one night and God will just say, arise thou son of whomever. Take thou unto wife this girl whom you do not know. No, because marriage is built on principles, right? Aside the feelings, there are principles that marriage is built on. And you need to build those principles. Many times you do that through a process that we know as courtship or through relationships, getting to know the person, having conversations. So first of all, um, know if that's what you're thinking. Be sure, first of all, that it's not foolishness and it's not presumption. Number two, a spouse is not something you name and claim. God is a giver of good gifts. God gives women to men in this sense, in terms of when marriage was instituted, the woman was a gift that was given. Do you see yourself as a gift or are you chasing this person up and down? I mean, that's up to you to answer. Um, Then another thing is we need as women... I. I've said it on this podcast before. I think I've said it. If I haven't, then maybe I'll do a separate one. But I think I've said it that for some reason, women were were trained or were raised to have a scarcity mentality about good men. So we always say, ah, good men are scarce. So we now hold, for instance, you know, ministers of the gospel as epitomes of you know, men that fear God, that honor him and serve him, especially because they're visible and they're out there and the work that they do is ministry-based. So we now start to look at these people as the ideal man. See, his ministry is completely different from who he is as a person. You don't know him. You do not know him. You don't know what he likes. You don't know what he doesn't like. You don't know what his character is like. You don't know if he is 
you know, a talkative at home or if he's quiet, you don't know if he's a jovial person or he's introverted. What you see on stage ends there. It's, it's, it's the stage. It's the grace that comes upon them for the work that they are doing. You don't know this person. How do you, in your head, build a life with somebody that you do not know? Right? So it's important that you are not, in that sense, presumptuous. And you now don't carry the sense of, ah, they've now carried this one. Who, did they, who do they now expect me to marry? And the most interesting thing I've seen is one person was lamenting that maybe Luis is married. And in the same breath, she was saying, you should better leave the cat songs for me. That tells you that you don't love this person and you don't even like this person because in your head, they're interchangeable. They're just an image of a man that loves God. So any of them will do. And God is not wicked. He's not going to give his sons, his precious sons that have actually taken the work, taken the time to work on themselves, to be useful to him and to the kingdom and give to any to somebody that is willing to go to bow. Sorry if you don't know what to go to bow means. It's just a guessing game, just picking one. That's not how it works. Marriage is a lifetime. You don't wake up. I mean, I know some people said it to be funny, but you'd be surprised how many people are actually right now in their prior closets changing the picture that is there and moving putting another person's picture come on that's manipulation let's not do that and i feel like it's very important to say again that for every elijah there are seven thousand prophets that have not bowed to bear the problem is that your eye is tricky you want the one that is outside because they are in a sense celebrities right so they're the obvious ones and the people you see so the good man the good man that loves you and is accessible to you and is beside you and you're compatible with and you can build a life with is beside you but you don't want him because he's not on the stage ah do you know what that stage entails do you understand the sacrifice that it takes to be the spouse of a minister honestly if you really knew any kind of minister or any person of influence, actually, if you knew the sacrifice and the cost, my dear, you will not, I mean, for some people, their idea of a happy household and romantic household is they see their husband, you know, every day, they come home, they decompress, they talk about their day, they have dinner together with the kids, and then they prepare for the next day. If you are married to a minister, for the most part, unless he's a pastor, you may not have that. For instance, a music minister, how many times do you think they sleep in their house? Let's say somebody gets an invite, an average of three invites per week in different cities. It means that for at least three days out of that week, or maybe more, you will not see your husband unless you want to be following him up and down. And then even when you see him, he's preparing to move. So it's a life of sacrifice. And not everyone is called to make that sacrifice. And if God is not putting that pressure on you, don't put it on yourself. Why are you punishing yourself? You know who you are. You know what you like. And if this is the path that God is, you know, calling you to take with a person like that, start preparing now. As in, you see all the clinginess, just leave it. Know that when you see him, praise the Lord. If you don't see him, he's about his father's business. Of course, there should be a balance and it means that whenever he's around, he needs to be 100% present with you. But don't assume that you make sacrifices. Or you marry a pastor. Ah, 
ah, your house is everybody's house. If you like privacy, you are in trouble. Because people want to come and visit. People want to come for welfare and you must, you must be cooking or you must make food available. You will do counseling whether you like it or not. <clears throat> Look, I honestly feel that being the wife of a fivefold minister or a worship minister is a calling in itself. And if you don't have it or you've not allowed God to work on you to develop it, just leave it seriously. It's stressful. And if you were not made to handle that stress, you would become a problem to yourself and to the person and you'll be unhappy. So do you really want what you're praying for? Or are you better off with the person that is present and can give you the time and the attention and the love that you require? Be honest with yourself. You don't have to like somebody because they're out there. Sometimes the person is not even your physical spec, but because they're a, a worshiper, all of a sudden you manage them. No, I don't think that God created us to manage because forever is a long time, right? I know you make adjustments, but for the most part, you should be, you should fancy the person. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Um, then for all the ladies that have decided that they are going to throw their wigs away because Marie has natural hair, my sister, I can give you my address. Please just, especially if you have a bone straight wig that is copper colored ginger and it's five by five and you don't want to wear it again because now the new strategy is natural hair. Please send it to me. I will, I, will, I will take pictures and send to you. I promise you. So all of a sudden you want to change who you are to conform into an image of what you think people want. When you do that, you're not being authentic. You're not being your best self. And you're going to miss out on what God actually intends for you because you're pretending to be somebody that you're not. Don't let anybody deceive you. Men like what they like. Whether you're skinny, whether you're thick, whether you're tall, whether you're short, whether you're light skin, whether you're dark skin, just take care of yourself. That's it. Make an effort to look good, like to the best of your ability. But don't try to change who you are. If you, especially it's a nature, nurture, culture thing, right? If you're someone that was groomed in a certain way, there are some things you like and there are some things you don't like. For instance, I'm not a jewelry girl. I've never been because um, when I started out my life, I was part of an Orthodox church. I was Adventist. So we, we didn't wear trousers. We didn't wear jewelry. Now, I wear trousers sometimes, but it's really not my comfort zone. I love skirts. I love gowns. I love long sleeve stuff. Ask me how I got into pageantry. I have no idea because it's not even my... It's not my comfort zone. It's not where I find my most solace. Now, I have like just one ear piercing. So you can imagine me now trying to date somebody and the guy is like, he likes jewelry. Why don't I have a nose ring? Why don't I have a septum piercing? Me that as I have like this, I don't know whether I'll actually be wearing my wedding ring when I get married. Because <laughs> that's how much I'm not a jewelry girl. But... If it's to dress up, I love to dress up. I love to look good. And the good part is there's so many creative ways to do it within the boundaries that we spoke about earlier. Now, someone like me, I'm vastly different from somebody that loves to dress up and loves makeup and loves jewelry. 
and likes all of that shiny stuff, right? There's nothing wrong with her. Neither is there anything wrong with me. We're just different. And that's a good thing. So that when you go out into the world and you present yourself, people see that this is who you are. This is what you like. They either accept you for who you are or they don't. But imagine me now meeting somebody that says, oh, I like jewelry and I like all of this. And then I start trying to change myself with eating. I will never be happy. Now, this is not the making of the structural adjustments that you need to make when you're with somebody. This is you changing your personality. I'm very introverted. I like to read. I like staying in my house. If you are seeing me outside, something is probably happening or I'm making a sacrifice to be available for my friends and family. But by myself, I can stay at home for two weeks I've not seen anybody and I'm very happy. Like it doesn't, it doesn't affect me in any way. Imagine me now attempting to pretend to be extroverted because I like somebody. One day I will gas out. And unfortunately, the day I gas out, I might now end up lashing out because I will be bitter because I've been acting a role to get somebody. Anybody that you have to pretend to get, you shouldn't be with that person. That's just the truth. Be you. Who will like you? Will like you. It's that simple. You don't have to um, pretend. Because who are they going to love? The version of you that you present to them or who you really are. So I think that we need to press this in where we need to give people the freedom to be themselves. Now, this is not in terms of character flaws, e.g. you are very rude, you are saucy, you don't respect people. That's something you need to work on. But in terms of, oh, I like to dress up, oh, I like to keep things simple, oh, I like jewelry, I don't like jewelry, I like makeup, I don't like makeup, I want to keep my natural hair, I prefer relaxed, all those things are personal choices and you should be allowed to make those personal choices. Even if you make some adjustments, you should not change the core of who you are because of a person. It always ends in tears. Let me just say that one now. Um, so, then for... You that you now actually feel very strongly, maybe God has spoken to you or you just sense that you are called to greatness. I've talked about some of it where for a minister, number one, their time is premium and you have to be okay with not getting a lot of their time. That's, that's the first thing. But for instance, you feel like you want to marry a great person in that sense in great is in quotes because it's subjective but let's say you want to marry somebody that is very popular or you want to marry somebody that is very wealthy you have to learn the protocol in this case you have to make a lot of adjustments and this is because for most of those people they're not just marrying you you're marrying everybody around them if you're with a business mogul you will know that for many of them they do their biggest deals in privacy which might be their homes their you know their private jets or their yachts and in those places it's really just close friends and family now you'll be expected to be the hostess of those things right so you have to prepare you have to actually prepare even when they called all the beautiful women in the land when esther got there Esther was already an unnaturally fine woman. She had a rare beauty, which was why they came to pack her in the first place. 
But there's a place where beauty can get you into the palace. It will not catch the eye of the king because he's used to beauty. Now, what makes you different is how you prepare. And then they now give them treatment again. So they took you from your house. You're going to see the king. That's the whole point. But you spend a whole year preparing, like one whole year preparing to see this man. And they're just putting you in oils. They're perfuming you. They're... I think if you remember the fairy tale of the princess at the pea, the king was probably so spoiled that if you should see one spot like this, it's over, right? So she had to spend a whole year enduring those treatments, which now brought her up to the standard of the king, where she could go in to see him. But that's still not enough. In that place, she now had to learn what makes that person uniquely him which was where she listened to, I think it was Haggai, the, the, the person in charge of all of them, and she did only what he said she should do. So, you have to start preparing, if that's what you think you're called to. Um, another thing is, um, there was another engagement, sorry, another wedding that also happened. And I was very surprised, the same ladies that were shouting for Mojibibis were also offended that a, a movie star got married. I don't know where to start from and I don't want to be offensive, but come on guys, they're not the same. Their belief systems are not the same and that was very apparent with some of the videos that came out. I mean, you want to say, oh, because he's cute and he's young, there are many cute and young people. Like you, as you are like this, with the way God has worked on you, do you honestly feel like you are the type that would wrap your legs around your husband in public? Can you do it? Can you do it? So what's the issue? But anyways, where I was going before I digressed with that was I was talking about um, greatness and how to prepare yourself. And then why I talked about the actor was because someone else said the rich marry the rich. Apparently his wife is Otedola's niece, meaning she's from money. He met her in New York, outside the country and all of that. Now... Yes, while I agree that the rich marry the rich, it's not necessarily the rich marry the rich because if you want to use Otedola's standard, they may not consider Kulereli rich. What I would agree with is that the valuable marry the valuable. So it depends on the value that you're bringing to the table. So if you know that you want to attract a great person, you have to have something of value. And I'm sorry, in today's world, beauty is not enough. Beauty gets you into the room. It doesn't secure that for you. So, for instance, a Nollywood, Nollywood lied to Nigerian women. You see all those, a rich man is driving on the road and he stops and he picks you and he change, changes your life. Last time it happened was in 1987. I will just tell you for, for free right now. The last time that kind of thing happened was a very long time ago. And here's why. Most wealthy people will not even, you see that drive. They will not drive on that road. You won't see them. You don't run in the same circles. And sometimes they look at you and they may like you, but then they realize that the amount of work and sacrifice it will take you to get up to where they need you to be for you to be able to play in those circles is too much stress. So they'll probably just go for someone that already understands how things go, right? And it's why many times some of those people, if they don't fear God, offer ladies that they fancy who are not up to that standard, they offer to... Keep them as mistresses, but not enough to be a wife, right? 
Um, so how valuable are you? What are you bringing to the table? You want to marry worship minister? What are you offering him? What value is he gaining from you that he cannot get from another person? We don't like it. We like the take me as I am, not in this world. I'm so sorry. You have to be valuable. When the Bible says, I will make him a help me suitable for him. The suitable is very important. You need to be able to help that person or else you're a liability in their life. So what are you bringing? What value are you adding? How are you helping them be better? What are you doing for them that another person cannot do? Right. And it's very important. I'm, I'm going to stress this quite a lot because we've come to this place where we feel like, oh, you accept me as I am. Yeah. Yes, we can accept you as you are. But at the same time, you need to work on you. Full stop. Nobody is going to take that your bad attitude. Nobody is going to take that your mouth that can't keep secrets. Right? There's a certain level you get to with certain people where... Okay, I'll give an example. And normally I won't even talk about things like this. But I've met quite a few influential people in my life by the mercy and by the grace of God. I don't have pictures with them. I can have your phone number. I don't have your... I don't... Like, I don't have pictures with them because I don't need to prove that I have met this person or that I have a relationship with this person. Like, can you swallow things? Can you sit on information and your body is not eating you? Um, for instance, somebody fancies you and he gets you something nice. And then you want the whole world to hear because you are so desperate to hang on to the person that you want to make it public fast. Sometimes they just want to see how you do because the truth of the matter is the value of that thing they bought for you compared to their net worth is probably the same as a regular person buying a handkerchief, right? So it's not the value. They just want to see how you're going to react. And then you've told the whole world and in their head they've cancelled you, right? So, I mean, do you really want to stress yourself that much? But if you want to, learn the protocol of the palace. Learn decorum. Learn to be quiet. Learn. I mean, Esther was the queen, but when she was going to see the king, she didn't walk into his palace just like that. She didn't walk into his court. She understood that she could lose her head. And when she went to meet him, she did not come and say, Ah, king, you don't know what's happening in this kingdom. Somebody wants to touch me. It hold me. The apple of your eye. She just went and she was like, My king, it's so good to see you today. I'm so happy that I got your audience. And the king is like, what do you want? Talk to half of my kingdom, I will give you. And she just smiles and she's like, no, my king, all I want is a bit of your time. Will you have dinner with me tonight? Some of you, that half of my kingdom, that's where you report. You say that, Lord, I've changed my life today. So do you understand the wisdom that would help me maintain that relationship? Can you calm down? Like, are you, like, are you steady? Like, are you okay? If they bring money around you, you start shaking or you'll be tempted to skim the top. All these little things matter, especially if you feel like you're called to greatness. Start learning. Um, be comfortable. Once in a while, take yourself out. Go to like actual fancy places. Have a budget. What you're doing to yourself is you're training your mind to be comfortable around wealth, right? Um... Travel, I beg you, see, from Badagri, if you're in Lagos, you can get to Badagri pretty easily. From Badagri to Kotonu is a simple bike ride. You can literally take an Okada to cross Nigeria into another country. 
Just do it so you can stamp your passport. Let's say you did step of faith three years ago. You did a five-year passport. You've not stamped it. Go to Kotonu. Spend one night in Kotonu. What they will do is they will stamp your passport because you've crossed the border into another country. Whether it's Kotonu or it's London, it's still another country. Start expanding your mind. If you have the time, do a West African tour. You can do it by road. Nobody's saying you have to fly to Ghana. You can go from, from Benin Republic. You can do Senegal. You can do Togo. You can do Mali and then enter Ghana. That's five countries. You've already stamped your passport. What you're looking for is exposure, right? You don't sit down in your house and you're expecting someone to come and change your life. Or you, because you feel like, hey, I've done my passport, therefore God must do the rest for me. No. Have you actually spoken to a travel agent and asked how much would it cost me to do this? And what would I need to sacrifice? Now, if you're saying that you, what you want is greatness, that is really to make sacrifices. That's it. You have to um, make the... I mean, Esther was soaking in oils for a whole year. That's how serious the preparation is. But even if that's not your aim, even if you just want to be exposed to a better life, go to places where... Decent places, like not say you go to club. Go to places where these things are normal. There's some... Do you know there are rest, restaurants, especially if you're in Lagos, that have boat entrances, meaning people don't drive there. They have their yachts, they have their boats that take them from their houses, probably in maybe Banana Island, by boat over the water into like Ikoyi and VI, and when they're done, they go back. Like, train your mind to be used to those things. Go to fancy hotels. Look, you don't even have to book a room. Just go there, sit down in the lobby. Like, sit down. Like, actually sit down. Don't let your body pinch you. Sit down. Now, this is turning into a masterclass for preparing for greatness. And that was not the intent. Um, so, what I'm even talking about now is not marriage-related. It's just in renewing your mind to get comfortable with wealth. Because God wants you to be valuable. God does not want your value to be determined only by the man that is in your life. God wants you to be a woman of substance. But he can't trust it because you don't put new wine into old wineskin. So your responsibility is to renew that wineskin until God can put the wine in it. Right? So, I mean, if I'm going to summarize what I've said. Number one, leave people alone. You don't need to have a hot take for everything that happens. Um, number two, know the journey that you're on and allow God lead you. Stop listening to people and using their standards as yours. Be patient and don't use your mouth to negate what God is already doing in your life. Um, don't be the Lulu. Leave people's husbands alone. Um, be sure whether you're in faith, foolishness or presumption. Um, be the most authentic version of yourself. Um... Yes, I, I was going to say this and I didn't say it. So, for some people, they've heard that Marie met um, Moses Blues on, on Instagram when she sent a video and she tagged. So now the new strategy is to be making dancing videos and tagging people. And I'll say this now and I feel like I, I, if I could underline it or highlight it, I would. Positioning only works if it's by instruction. If you do anything outside of instruction, you are wasting your time. You cannot con people into loving you. You cannot 
manipulate people by your actions. It's only an action that is inspired by the Spirit of God that will bring the result that you want. So don't waste your time. You know how many people send DMs on a regular day? You won't even see it because God does not want you to see it, right? Don't stress yourself. What is for you usually is for you if you are prepared enough. So those kinds of stories you cannot orchestrate. When she was sending that video, she wasn't doing, I don't think that she was doing it with the intent to catch his attention. She just sent a video. So yes, that's the last thing. I summarized the rest of the points. And then where I've dwelt on in the end is if you want to be great, if you want to attract a great person, you need to be great. So you need to position and prepare yourself for greatness. You need to learn the protocol of the palace and you need to start preparing yourself for the future that God has designed for you outside of who you will marry. I mean, look at women like Ibukwa Awoshika, like Jumoke Adeno, what they are renowned in their field. Nobody, you don't want to marry an influential person and they are wondering what does this see in her. You have value. God has created, if, if you are called to a great person, it means that you are great by yourself. So what are you doing to groom this greatness? What are you doing to prepare yourself for the place that God is taking you? How are you making yourself a help me suitable? So yes, learn the protocol of the palace. Maybe in the next video, I'll, I'll do a bit more of renewing your mind, learning the protocol of the palace and preparing for greatness and etiquette and all of that. I've not really done like a practical, I've done relationships and I've done faith-based stuff. So I've not done like practical life applicable stuff just yet. So maybe that's what I will do in the next video. In the next podcast. I'm sorry. Why did I say video? I'm not ready for videos. Um, so I don't like videos. I actually do not like videos. Um, the preparation process stresses me out. So I've been thinking of putting this podcast on YouTube. But... So I'm not there yet. That's the summary. But I hope that my many vloggings are in some way helpful. I hope that you got something from this. Um, I hope that this has put your mind at ease if you were starting to get tensioned and asking God when. And I hope that this has inspired you to challenge yourself to do something. To do something to elevate yourself this year. Even if it's to... Kotoni is not far. See, you can't... Abroad is abroad. They stamp your passport, they stamp your passport. It doesn't have to be like a huge thing. And in fact, when you... What people don't know is, for instance, you want to emigrate maybe to Canada, right? How did I get you? I was supposed to be ending this podcast. Okay, but you want to go to Canada. Usually, they will ask you, where have you gone already? Because they want to see which people have allowed you into their country before they can see you as not a flight risk so you went to this country you came back you went here you came back your passport is stamped you have all these visas then they're more likely to give you so like invest in new experiences for yourself this has to be a new a new a new episode i'm so sorry maybe i'll name it part two but thank you so much for listening to me for this long i hope that this helped you I feel like I said a lot in one episode, but I hope that there was something at least for you. And I look forward to our next conversation. Thank you for always joining me. <laughs> Thank you for listening to me. And I look forward to your feedback as always. Um, my social media, my phone number, 
my what yes my my details are in my bio so you can always contact me if you have questions or if you have anything you want me to talk about or if you need clarity on anything i am here for you so i will see you in the next video video again i will see you i'm watching too much youtube i will see you on the next episode thank you for joining me bye